0: You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. Okay, I won't bore you too much today because uh, there's a conversation I want to let you hear. I spoke with Josh Neighbors. This is actually over the weekend. Me and Josh from Locked On Big 12 kind of aired our frustration about realignment, the current status of college football, where TCU kind of falls in all of this. So here's myself and Josh Neighbors talking about the Big 12 and just where it's going. That's here on Locked on Horn Frogs.
1: Where are we right now with with I guess it's like TCU, right? Like I think it's like, you know, that's your neck of the woods and I'm, you know, you've been doing coverage on that entire time, but Where are we? Because there's a big conversation piece that's been happening around TCU and Baylor. I think TCU is in a better spot than Baylor. I just think uh, being in Dallas, Fort Worth area, um, the football program associated with it, basketball is in decent shape, not as good as Baylor, but football is in a better spot than Baylor's is. And so I think TCU is a bit more attractive than Baylor is to other conferences. But as as far as going to other conferences goes, um, you know. is the religious affiliation thing an issue that that's going to pop up for TCU? Cause that's the conversation surrounding TCU and Baylor is potentially attractive schools, but that could be a sticking point for conferences to add that.
0: It could be if they go out West, it's, it's a really uh, interesting conversation not to get too in the weeds here. Well, go ahead. Get but, the weeds. Like, the two churches that the schools are associated with are different. The theology is different. I wouldn't call TCU a liberal school by any means. I mean, it still is a school in the South that mostly has students that are white and come from upper-class backgrounds. But the I would say their policies, especially when it comes to some hot-button social issues, are much more progressive than Baylor's are. So I I guess my my question is, I don't know if the PAC-12 just looks at religious affiliation and automatically says no, or if they're willing to kind of dig into, okay, what does admin think about X, Y, Z? You know, this is not BYU that has necessarily a code of conduct with very specific instructions on if you participate in this or if you... Uh, live this kind of lifestyle, you can't. You're not, you're not really welcome here. That's not what TCU is. But there is a church affiliation. Um, I would say it's not as overt as Baylor's is, but it's there. I, I think it's it's funny that that's coming up because, as you know, people around TCU, there's really no requirement uh, that comes with the religious affiliation other than you have to pay more money. That's about the only thing that you have to do with the private school moniker. Um, there's no like chapel or anything like that. So if now, if conferences say that's an automatic, no, then yes, that could be something that hurts them. I think what hurts TCU more is it's still a small school. Um, I mean, it's a little over 10,000 undergrads. There's less than a hundred thousand living alumni. So you're, I mean, you're not talking about a massive draw now I think the fan base travels relatively well but there's always going to be some limitations just from a numbers perspective about what what eyeballs and what people are actually going to go in the seats so there's that question and um, for a lot of people it's deja vu I mean this happened 20 years ago at the Southwest Conference like it imploded TC was on the outside looking in They went to the WAC. They went to Conference USA, the Mountain West, and then eventually got back in the Big 12. So I feel like older people kind of see it as, okay, here we go again. And they they look at it maybe even from a perspective of, well, we did the group of five thing before. Why not? Well, as people my age who have really only known the Big 12 affiliation sort of see the financial ramifications and just the, uh, I guess, cachet and prestige ramifications of maybe dropping down and that could be pretty damaging to a school that's just finally kind of getting to a place where there's some uh, respect that comes along with the brand and with the name and the athletic programs.
1: So what is the latest news on, you know, the the conferences courting TCU making calls? I mean, uh, you know, do you think the preference would be to stay in the big 12 and try to get some other schools for TCU? Or do you think are they covering both bases and kind of you know one foot in one foot out, kind of making calls, but also saying, hey, you might be here to help out the conference. What are you hearing?
0: The only like solid reporting that I've heard that's confirmed is that they are going to talk to the PAC 12. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that conversation's happened or it's going to happen but they're going to talk to the Pac-12, and at the time that Jeremy Clark, who writes for the 247 CyberTC, reported this, he indicated that that was going to be a conversation that also included Texas Tech and Baylor uh, about, you know, potentially those schools joining in the West Coast. So that's the only concrete thing I can say. Um, I guess the ACC would be an option. I just feel like Josh basketball is going to have to get better to, to really catch the ACC's attention. Um, I, I saw John Skipper, who now is like with Metal Art Media, say that's one thing the ACC is making a priority in expansion. It's kind of the integrity of their basketball conference. Um, as far as adding schools, I mean, if it's some souped-up version of the American, I think that's a fun conference. I feel like that's a conference that would be – Great to cover and talk about, but I, I can't really see that move in the national needle. So I, I have not, an idea. I have an
1: idea. I'd like to I'd propose this. I want to see, see what you Okay. Do. BYU, Boise, Cincinnati and Memphis. And then if you want to go to 14, Houston and SMU. So you could do some version of 10, 12, or 14 there. I'd probably say to be 12 to 14 mm-hmm. is where you go. But what do you think about those? I think Boise is one they should definitely consider at.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Boise, just from a football perspective, immediately gives you some more legitimacy. And their basketball has been really good recently. They've been a good basketball program recently. Um, And all those schools you mentioned, I mean, they're good programs. And if if it's in the context of expanded playoff, I mean, so I guess the, the thing is, the disconnect for me is, I think that's a great conference competitively. Like, that gives you a chance to be in the playoff. I feel like that doesn't kill your recruiting. If you make the playoff, you still probably have a chance to win some games. I don't know what it does from a financial perspective, and it feels like that's the only thing that the movers and shakers care about, you know? I feel like
1: BYU might bring in something, and I I feel like Boise could too.
0: No, you're right about BYU because, I I mean, I'll tell you, and and I don't mean this like making – No, I I know where you're going with this. Mormonism is national. And I mean, no matter what city you go to, Mormon people will show up to those games and will support BYU. Like that is a national brand. It's, I would say it's even like from a, it's miniature Notre Dame.
1: It's miniature Notre Dame.
0: Yeah. It's a name. It's, it's Notre Dame um, on a, on a different level, but like every city you go to people are going to be there to support BYU. Like that's a real thing. Um, So I think it's a good idea. Now the fan base from what I've seen is very against that just because mm. you're not talking about adding a blue blood program, but like, who are you going to go poach? Like, that's my, that's my thing. Right. If you're staying together, this is probably the way of the world because you're not like, you're not pulling somebody from the sec. You're not pulling somebody from the big 10. and Unless you feel like you can convince some of these PAC 12 schools to come over, that's the route you're going to have to go is, Really good competitive teams that are either independent or are in the Mountain West American right now at the moment.
1: I, I think yeah. For for the only two, in the, the only two, I, I know, geographics getting thrown out, but like at least Oklahoma and Texas are in the vicinity of schools that are in the Southeastern Conference. I mean, really, it's just like kind of the south. It's like the Southern Conference now, basically, is what it really is. Um, but Arizona, Arizona State would help you maintain the integrity of the basketball at least, football. Mm-hmm. Arizona's not really helping you out much. Arizona State does help you out some, of course. There's a lot going on there right now, but I mean, yeah. I mean, where's is, where's is the money coming from? To me, this feels like a situation where I think the, the teams are more likely to break up. Now, here's the issue: is that there's not a spot for everybody. To me, this is just my opinion. The most desirable team is Oklahoma State because they bring football, they bring basketball, they bring baseball. They bring softball. They bring, bring wrestling. They, so, you know, I might say, oh, big, big money sports. Well, out of the remaining Big 12 teams, the school with the most consistent football pedigree right now is Oklahoma State, in my opinion. Last, nobody has been a more consistent top-tier program over the last 20 years. I mean, TCU to some extent, but TCU really wasn't part of the structure, right? You know what I mean? They're yeah. more new school. Oklahoma State's been a consistent top 25 program for the last 20 years. Basketball, they've been really good, too. Um, to me, they are the team that's, that's most appealing. If I'm the Pac-12, that's who I'm calling first because I feel like they bring the most to my conference. They improve the competition in my conference. We always ride on the Pac-12, right? right. But I think adding Oklahoma State to the, like Oklahoma State right now is as competitive as USC is. I know people out West view USC as better. But let's be frank about it. Over the last five years, Oklahoma State has been just as good as USC has. Um, it, depending on the year, right? They, you know, there have been some five and sevens from USC, whatever. But, you know, they, they be competitive with your Oregons, right? Maybe not beat them, but they could give them a good game. Your Washingtons. Uh, they're better than your Arizonas. You're better than your Arizona States in some years. They're better than what UCLA has been, right? Um, you know, they're up there with the, your Utahs. I think Oklahoma State makes them more competitive. I don't think Texas Tech does. I don't think Baylor does. And... TCU would in football. So that's kind of where I'm at. But I think Oklahoma State's the best all-around option.
0: No, I'd agree with that. I mean, Oklahoma State, Oregon, or Oklahoma State, Washington would be fantastic. If USC can figure out, you know, what if Clay Helton turns it around or if they just finally move on, then you know the brand's obviously there for them to turn things around quickly. And yeah, tech to me is the sort of the odd team because geographically. I mean, Lubbock is kind of moving towards the West Coast, so it would make sense. But as you said, I mean, football's a mess right now. Basketball's been very good. We'll have to see what they do under Mark Adams. And then baseball is a, is a good program, and that's a big deal in the Pac-12, but there's limitations to it. So I, I can could, I could live with Oklahoma State being number one as far as uh, the first team you call. And, and I think that also makes them the pivot point, as you were kind of laying out there, Because if they decide to go rogue and go somewhere else, then everything with, you know, the, I guess, leftover eight sort of falls apart. So I'm sure Bob Bowlesby is trying to keep in touch with them uh, as frequently as possible, because they are sort of the team that if they left, then this whole thing kind of crumbles as far as keeping the big 12 together.
1: What do you make of, of Bob Bowlesby's most recent comments of him kind of being on the warpath? Because, as of today, um, the SEC and SEC has extended the invite, and Oklahoma and Texas, I believe they've already had their meetings. Or whatever, I mean it's a yes. I don't even have to know what's going to happen there. For, it, it's a yes. Um, what do you make of the collusion comments? Kind of because, I mean he's right. You know, he, look, this he's fighting a losing battle, but he is right. I mean the best thing possible for all the players involved would be for the Big Twelve to dissolve. So so. Um, you know, they're not on the, so those, so Oklahoma and Texas aren't on the hook for that money that they owe for the exit fee. And therefore they can make that transition a bit sooner and easier. Um, Also, I mean, the part that really gets me that's been getting me recently is the fact that, you know, everybody, I worked the SEC show today on Sirius XM, they praise Greg Sankey left and right. This is pretty nefarious, man. I mean, he was working hand in hand, with Bob Bowles being the Big 12, discussing playoff expansion, full well knowing what was coming with this move. It, it's pretty disingenuous. It's pretty shitty, to be honest, that he was doing that. And look, I know there's no, there's no, there's no loyalty in this game, I guess. It's all, all, all about money. But, like, for, for a sport and for a system of college athletics that, that touts student athletes and growth, what are we saying to the young people? We're like, yeah, playoff expansion. Better experiences. By the way, middle finger to the Big 12. We're gonna take your two biggest brands. That's not leadership. And that's not leadership at all to me.
0: No, it's not. And and I'll say something I don't think I'd ever uh thought I would say, which is I legitimately feel bad for Bob Bowlesby a little bit yes. here. Now you can blame him, I guess, for okay, you're the commish, you've got to know. Like you got nobody find, knew.
1: Nobody knew. You gotta find knew. out somehow.
0: But nobody knew. And the thing that really makes me mad about this whole deal, there's a number of it, number of things. But honestly, and I said this on the podcast, like, oh, you, okay, you want to leave, whatever. Like, it disappoints me, but you've earned that right because you've dominated the league. Texas is getting bailed out here. Like, they're getting bailed out for a decade plus of mismanagement. And a big reason why everybody thought the Big 12 sucked was because they sucked. Like, they're supposed to be the team that lifts up everybody else. Like, they're supposed to be the one with all the advantages. And because they cycled through three football coaches and couldn't figure out a way to win a conference title, now everything's falling apart and they're just going to waltz into the SEC and get a lot of money and probably get better too. They are because the you know what? Is. Because
1: Arkansas, LSU, and Missouri are at AM are all about to take hits. You know why? Because they yeah. recruit Texas really, really well. And their trump card is now gone of saying, hey, we're SEC schools. If you're going up against Texas, they're not. Come play in the best conference. That's what right. they can tell those kids. And now Texas is, has that advantage. And look, you know, earning your, like they're such a big brand. I, you know, it's it's that's why they're that's why they're there. But you're right. People have ragged on the Big Twelve because Texas has not held up their end of the bargain recently. And now, as a reward for their incompetence and their and their inability to figure out what the hell to do with their football program. Ever since Mac Brown left, they now get to go to the Southeastern Conference. Now I think also, luckily for them, they found a semi competent coach. I, I mean, I, you know, yeah. I like Sark a lot, so they have walked into Steve Sarkeesian. Um, hopefully, luckily, you know, I, I wish him very well. I like him. I think I think he's a great story about ways turns life around. Um, and and now this this like you said like this might go really really well for them and Oklahoma correct for Oklahoma now to be like, yes, we get fresh new matchups. Like that. I put them, I've said this bunch. They are on, on par for me with Georgia. They really are. Um, that's the kind of program Oklahoma is at this point, right? Having, you know, under this current regime of not quite reached the mountaintop, but they won six straight conference titles. They put quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, I mean, like, you know, like every single year, like a, a money press basically when it comes to quarterbacks and they are a program that that is that is you know this year could be contending for a championship. It's be harder for them, but I think they make the adjustment. Texas is Texas is just like, we're here for the cash. We're here, you know. We're here. Here we are. Now, granted, for basketball, I mean, you can argue Chris Beard might be the best coach in the conference all of a sudden, but yeah, that's that. I'm with you on that, man. And for Bob Bowlesby, yes, sure, you, you had to know, but nobody knew, absolutely nobody knew what was going on, and that's why this is all like college athletics likes to give the idea that a lot of this stuff is above board, right? You know, we're, we're teaching people. We're teaching student athletes. We're helping them become better leaders and young people. What does it say to them when you say, yeah, we're going to jump for more cash. Um, but you know, uh, tradition and rivalries be damned. I know a and m for Texas. They're getting that back, but I'm sorry, Oklahoma state, we try to bring you along. But they said no. And we just kind of left you behind. It's, it's all good. You know, you know what I mean? So yeah. It's, it's kind like the whole charade, like we should just blow college athletics up at this point and, and just kind of go like, as it is like, it's going to become a super league. We're going to end up having 60 teams, probably 60, 40 to 60 teams that break off the NCAA same way the NCAA broke off the NAIA. And it's going to be, you know, that's what it's going to be, but we got to stop hiding behind the, the student athlete experience bullshit because it's getting really old. And one more thing, Stephen, I know I'm ranting here. Not sure if you saw the graphic that said, Big 12 champ. I tweeted it yesterday. Uh, ESPN graphics had big 12 champions since 2000 and the last 10 years. They said, Oklahoma, Nebraska, and Texas have are responsible for the last 11 big 12 champions championships. And I think they were trying to make people believe that it was, they meant last 11 conference championship games have been won by those three teams. But in the last 11 years, Kansas state Baylor, um, Oklahoma State have all won at least a – did TC C in there uh, one year, a share of
0: the Big 12? Yeah, they, they shared with Baylor in 2014. Mm-hmm.
1: So, what is it, four or five different teams have won at least a share of the Big 12 championship? Uh, get out – like ESPN
0: and SEC, like F you guys. Seriously, F you guys. No, they, they definitely – yes, I did see that graphic. And one thing that this past few weeks has really taught me is – I know there's college football insiders that are locked in but the national media does not watch college football. Like they watch Alabama and Clemson and some other SEC games. But yeah, the amount of misinformation about the big 12 and about who dominates it as of late has been uh, silly. And you're right. Like it is becoming a super league. And, and that's a frustrating thing to me because I feel like one of the great things about college football, like let's use the baseball example. Right. So you, you're a Nats guy, you're covering you know, a team that's offloading right now. Mm. I'm a Rangers fan. They just sent Joey Gallo off. They're in rebuild mode. And the thing about pro sports is, really, it's all about winning a title. Like, everything comes down to whether you win a title or not. And if you're not a contender, then the only thing you're really looking forward to is trade deadline, prospects, (laughs) those types of things. The beauty of college football, in my mind, in a lot of ways, is that you can root for a team that's seven and six and, like, there's something for you to root for. You can still care yes. about – like, everybody can make fun of it, but you can still care about the Little Caesars Bowl in Detroit on right. December 28th. Yes. When your are Last year, on- Army,
1: Army and West Virginia. Like, they, yeah. they were hey, – both teams were so happy to make that game happen. In a COVID year, both those teams deserved a bowl. I forgot, West Virginia was supposed to play Tennessee, I think. Tennessee had to drop out because of – I think it was Tennessee. Drop out because of COVID. Army didn't have a dance partner. West Virginia Army got together and played a fun, meaningful bowl game on a Tuesday afternoon in December. And you know what? People gave a shit. And now you're taking that away. You are taking that away because that's all it says. You're just, you know, you're trying to, they're chasing money. And Steve, I made this point earlier this week. I thought the money in college sports was about helping you win as opposed to accumulating as much money as possible, right? You get money to build facilities, to help attract recruits, to bring them in, to build your program. But apparently not. It's all about just getting the money because Texas is not winning an NASH championship in the next five to 10 years. They're not. They're not going to do it. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. They're not positioned there. They're. They're the. I mean, right now, this season, if they play in the SEC, they'd be the fifth or sixth best team in the SEC West. They would. They're also not better than Georgia. They're also not better than Florida. They may not be better than Kentucky or, or Missouri this year. You know, that's, they're in that range. So, like, it's literally just chasing the money for the money
0: because it's not going to help you in the end win championships. No, yeah, you're right. I mean, there's like 80% of the sport that uh, made up of fans that root for teams that you're just like, okay, I know once every four years, hopefully we have a lot of juniors and seniors, And maybe we can make a run and, you know, win something of substance. But most of the time we're trying to sort of overachieve and you're just eliminating a lot of that. And if you're going to make college football, just this cash grab, that's essentially a minor league for the NFL. I mean, you're missing the whole point. Like it's, I saw somebody say this yesterday. It's like, I can watch the NFL on Sunday, right? Like the whole allure of college sports is that there's some pageantry involved? There's rivalries involved. There's you know you know somebody that you work with that's a a Texas fan, and it's fun a couple times a year to be like yeah TCU Texas this weekend that's gonna be great. Now as you have to go play Arizona Arizona State like I don't know people like that in my life. It's just okay. That's it. Locked on Horn Frogs, a Tuesday edition. Thank you for tuning in on here on August third. I'll be back tomorrow. This is Locked on Horn Frogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day.